She's a middle school Spanish teacher from Atlanta who is now teaching in a country she never would have imagined visiting. Hear her story and the question that led her to pack up and go on episode 12 of the Mission Life podcast. Did I think he would call me for a year to go, you know, or longer to go somewhere and be in that kind of environment that is so different from where I am? No, I I definitely, it was not on top of my list. Hey friends, well, the long wait is finally over. I know you've been anticipating the second season of the Mission Life podcast. I'm Jeff, thank you for listening. If you're new to the show, then you should know that this podcast is produced every other Thursday and show notes are found at jeffreams.com. Check out previous episodes on that website or iTunes as well. This podcast features stories of people putting their faith into action. As the missions pastor for Dunwoody Baptist, I get to meet amazing people doing amazing things literally around the world. So many of the people I interview are supported by Dunwoody Baptist or people I come across in my work. Their stories and what they have learned can be a great encouragement, but also teach us a few things about following Jesus. Today, you'll overhear a conversation with my friend Tamala, a member of our church who recently discovered how being used by God where you are can lead you to serve Him in places you never would have imagined. Her story is one of stepping out in faith, but it's also about how your job, your career, can open doors in closed countries to serve, build relationships, and share the love of Christ. So here's my conversation with Tamala. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, Tamala. Uh, why don't we just start by you telling the folks uh, listening just who is who is Tamala? I have to say that when it comes what comes to mind when I think about myself is definitely that I am a teacher. I am someone that loves uh, working with children, and I love um, what the gift of teaching has brought to my life. Um, I've been teaching for thirteen years, but I feel like in some way or form or fashion, I've been teaching all my life, and so that has kind of been the the broadest context of me, you know, that that that's usually I think what comes to mind first when people think of me. But also um, I am someone that is um, a believer, a follower in Christ. I believe that, um, you know, faith without works is dead. And so I do my my best to live a life that that exemplifies that. I like to serve. I like having service opportunities. And so and um and of course, I look at the work that I do now as as service. What led you to get into teaching? Did you always want to be a teacher? Mm, no, I actually used to want to be Oprah. My first <laughs> my first degree was in mass comm, and I don't talk about that a lot. Yeah, I don't know why. It was actually my degree. I, well, I, and again, there's there's lots of good and pluses and behind that. But I think for me, the the thing with mass comm was that I had this one kind of focus. I wanted to be Oprah and there was one and plenty of them at the time and it just after a while it didn't seem like that was the best thing for me but yeah so I started in mass comm but um, I was working for uh, a company and they needed someone with some skills in Spanish and so I found that I was able to actually do some business in Spanish and then I which led me to go back to school and uh, get a degree in Spanish. And of course, I got, after living abroad for a time in Spain and Mexico, I was like, wow, I'm good enough to teach this if I want to. And 
And so even in figuring out what I wanted to teach, I didn't know if I wanted to teach, you know, history or English or Spanish, but in the end, Spanish won out. What ages have you taught? So I taught high school 10 years, Mm -hmm. and that was great, but again, I recently started teaching middle school, and I found that is my niche. I am a middle school teacher. I love that the kids are kind of crazy and nutty. I love that they're going through all these major changes and like their world is constantly crashing down on them. <laughs> and you get to go, no, it's not. But uh, I fit right in with them. Really? So that's that, that's my age group. That is my Zen group. Wow. Yeah. Don't often hear that from teachers. I know, and I think, it, and I've heard that it takes a special kind of person to teach middle school. They're probably not as wrapped too tight. <laughs> yeah. Know, because they have to kind of deal with. With um, you know the things that middle agers go through, but I love it. What what are you about? What are you preparing to do now? What's what's uh, what's what's God leading you to do now? So this is awesome because I've always wanted to do something that I heard called a gap year, you know, which I, I my understanding is that usually happens with people a lot younger than me, who are either not quite ready to go to college or or they're in college or they're just getting done and maybe they're getting ready to transfer to their transition into their professional lives and so. They take a gap year to either go on some unique experiences or some people take a gap service year. And that was something I always wanted to do. And I just didn't know what form that would take. So interestingly enough, I decided that um, this was a good time. 13 years teaching, I'm I'm halfway kind of through my career, more or less. So um, I didn't know what that service year would look like though. my, my, My willingness was to do whatever, whether it was plant crops in Asia or, you know, teach English in South America, I wasn't sure. But um, so this is, so this particular journey has led me to teaching in a closed country. And I'm, mm. that's something that I, again, I didn't anticipate. I wasn't sure if it anything I would want to do, but I am excited to do it. Wow. And by closed, we don't mean they have, they're opposed to teachers, right? No. Uh, they, they usually don't grant Christian worker visas, like if you go in as a Christian worker. Um, usually evangelism is either illegal or certainly discouraged. Uh, Christians in that country may be kind of marginalized or even persecuted. So what led you to want to shift, though? You know, you, you I remember when we first started talking about this, it was Brazil, maybe, know, you know. It was, and, right. And, and then it shifted. What? Yeah, so I went to um, a conference where um, um, sponsored by a church, and it was Without Borders. And something about hearing the stories... Of, of these women who, you know, at great cost had had, you know, an encounter with Jesus and that encounter led them to, you know, make decisions for Christ that would drastically change their lives. And it just, it kind of blew me away um, on two accounts because it made me feel like who was I to think that I wasn't supposed to do um I would say marginal things for Christ, but I guess what I mean by marginal meaning, what would, why would I think that somehow um, my faith journey might not lead me to go somewhere that's not the safest or the most comfortable or convenient? And so that kind of opened me up to that idea that, you know, it, God, you know, could call me to somewhere like that. And then it also led me to a thinking about, well, so oftentimes we hear that people have questions about faith or questions about Christ, but because of, you know, because of the tendency to kind of, you know, not not be afraid to reach out to other people or people who have diverse thoughts or diverse lifestyles or opinions, um, they're limited in their exposure to Christians who are willing to have open conversations. And 
And so my thinking was, you know, what if I could be somewhere where if someone wanted to tap the shoulder of someone who was a believer in the way and the follower of Christ, that that I could be that person. You know, I could be in their circle of experience and influence, whether I'm in the market or in, you know, walking home or Ubering somewhere or wherever, you know, why, why wouldn't God use those opportunities for me to be a person that they could connect with? In my experiences, I've always found such joy and comfort in the places I've been and the opportunities I've had to serve. I've been comfortable. Even in going on some, some short-term missions, I've been comfortable. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm eating good, I'm not suffering, there's hot water, there's, <laughs> you know, there's there's all these kind of little perks that, you know, and, and so I've, I've been comfortable. And even because of my Spanish, I've been able to go, you know, to Guatemala several times and I'm comfortable, you know, and so, no. This was not the top of my list to go somewhere where I would have to make cultural adjustments and changes, and that's really what um, has been so sobering about the last few months is that the things I've been learning about where I'm going to be going, you know, have been things that are markedly different different from what I live right now. You know, I'm not allowed to, as a single woman, you know, go out in the middle of the night and go get, you know. A milkshake and some gas if I want to you know mm-hmm. it's very different um, and there's even again cultural dynamics between um, you know men and women you know so and how to behave in those settings and and so all these things that I'm learning and I'm just like wow these are very different things from what I'm used to experiencing and so but I'm open to it I feel like in the end um, God has been all my life preparing me to be in this kind of diverse situation but did I think he would call me for a year to go, you know, or longer to go somewhere and be in that kind of environment that is so different from where I am? No, I, I definitely, it was not on top of my list. Mm-hmm. So how, how have you prepared? Well, um, you know, it's definitely been a journey of, of prayer and intimacy, first and foremost, because a lot of it has been talking to God, like, God, is this definitely you calling me to do this? Because, of course, um, you know, just being aware that when you go to a closed country, you are not only having to make adjustments personally, but people around you that care about you and love you and that are in your circle where you are right now get worried and they get concerned. And so you're, there's all these questions and they're asking questions. And so for me, that that process has brought me much closer to God and time and devotion and time and just being quiet and listening to his voice. Um, I also have been just so grateful for, um, you know, our church because so much of what we've been doing already has been preparing me, you know, from the, from the Borders Conference in January to um, our, our um, Bridges Workshop, which is connecting with Muslims. And, and again, even before I was thinking for sure that I would want to go to a closed country, I was thinking about how I could connect with my um, Muslim students and my Muslim friends and and so uh, you know again uh, there's there's of course been a lot of at home homework and reading and you know what am I going to expect and and what am I going to learn and of course the expectations of learning a new language are already kind of ingrained into me so I'm not really worried about that but um, I feel like I've been adequately prepared you know I feel like you know all that all that you know I've been taught and again as a teacher all of it has just come to, you know, understanding that 
when you set the stage, you know, God shows up. What has what has been the reaction to your family, your family and friends have had when you told them where you're going and, and what you're going to do? So it's been varied. Um, some have been right away like, awesome, wow, go. And others are like, why would you do that? Why would you, you know, put yourself in that situation? And honestly, um, I've, I've enjoyed the spectrum because all of it has helped me kind of keep a balanced um, mm-hmm. thought in the way I respond to people because I have to be, I try to put myself in my family member's shoes. I try to think, well, if it was my daughter or my son, how would I be feeling knowing they would go into that situation? So it's helped me to operate in a lot of compassion. But yeah, the reviews have been mixed and I've been, and I made a promise to myself in the beginning that I would give everybody their five minutes, you know, to say whatever, however they wanted to say it, whether they were comfortable or not, I I wanted them to have that opportunity. And so um, that was my goal. And And of course, after their five minutes were up, I was like, well, at this point, I need you to just get on board, <laughs> and uh, and and all of them have. Honestly, it's been amazing. Did you ever have any fears or concerns? What was it like for you? You know, has it been kind of a roller coaster? Or have you felt? Well, and again, once I kind of knew that this is what God was calling me to do, I I did go through a, a range of emotions. But my biggest concern was really my family and my friends, people I was leaving behind, because honestly, this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. And I felt like if if I was blessed enough for God to make the provisions for me to do this, I was gonna dive in. And even at my school, well, where I'm going, they were, they were like, you're surprisingly at peace. Um, and you're not asking a lot of questions. And I guess it's because again, um, I just feel like, you know, God has set this up and whatever this journey looks like, whatever downs or ups are are all anticipated by him. And so I just believe that um, daily depositing is of grace to deal with whatever I'm experiencing. So I don't have a lot of fear. Um, I, I, I have a lot of excitement and a lot of like, wow, what 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 is going to what is going to be my journey and what is going to entail? But fear, no, just my fear and my concern is just for my family. I want them to be at peace and, and just rest easy, knowing that, you know, I'm following God's plan. And wherever that leads me, my ultimate um, desire is to be able to say that, you know, I gave him my all. I did what he asked me to do. And mm-hmm. that's my concern. Mm-hmm. Is, is feeling that. But I will, I will actually be teaching um, English literature under the, um, as taught by the you know British Council according to their standards of teaching. And then, um, but I was delighted to find out that they want to learn Spanish. There's uh, quite a few students that have asked about it. And so that's awesome. So I will teach a couple of Spanish classes as well. What else will you be doing while you're there? So while I'm there, um, I've already kind of been tapping into some weekend volunteer activities. The school day for us is um, from Sunday to Thursday. So Fridays and Saturdays are kind of free, but Fridays are kind of dedicated to prayer. And that's when um, most of the people in the country will go and have prayer time. And so that's when I will be going to have my time of church and worship. Unfortunately, where I will be, um, there are lots of options, not lots, but a fair amount of options for for Christian worshipers. And so I'll find a place where I feel most at home. And, um, but two Saturdays a month, I plan to work um, in a refugee camp doing um, some activities and some things to help 
kids who are going through um, post-traumatic stress disorder and who kind of are trying to be transitioned back into um, school settings, but they're struggling, um, as well as uh, working with some of the women's programs there in the camp. I think one of the interesting angles to this, because I've known you for several years, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember a few years ago, we were I was teaching a, a Bible study just on the idea of seeing your work as, as part of God's mission, that it's not just a job, not just a paycheck, and uh, and that resonated with you. I remember you come up, you came up afterwards and, and talked about what that meant. So let's let's talk about that angle to this because I think that's significant to where you are now. T- tell me about that. Kind of retrace that that part of the story. Yeah. So that was interesting for me because when you taught that Sunday school series, I was I was having a crisis of faith in terms of my job. There was a part of me that was feeling like I'm not doing enough for God on a daily basis, and and that is leaving an empty hole for me. That's that's leaving a gap for me. And it never occurred to me that um, what I do as a teacher every day is 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 a service to Christ and it's a service to God and and and, and that it opens the door for people's hearts to be more um, approachable to him. And so I think that 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 was a huge turning point for me because I I didn't see it that way. I was really looking at exiting out of out of public school teaching for that reason because I kept thinking if I can't stand up and talk about God all day then I'm not I'm not being the person that he's called me to be and it just wasn't true and I and it was a it was clearly a a, um, a misperception on my part and and again through that class and I mean I think at the time you, you had this kind of live work play kind of scenario where it was like you know where you work is you know where God is able to use you and where you enjoy your time and where you have fun is where God can use you and where you live um, in the neighborhood that you're in is where God can use you and so my world kind of shifted in that way because it became like instead of this limited idea of oh okay when I would go do different service projects on the weekend oh I'm doing this is God and he's moving in this situation it became my world just kind of became instead of a slice became more of a 360 kind of understanding that Yes, everywhere I am, I am, I, if I talk about it in terms of my intention and who I'm here for and why I'm here for, then God is using me. And I have, and I mean, and I didn't even realize that because even looking at, I would have students come to me from years past. You know, they're in college and they're in high school and they would talk about, you know, Miss um, Wright, you know, there was something remarkable about, about you and about your class. And it wasn't just that it was a good class. It was just it was also that there was something about you that indicated, you know, lended itself towards, you know, a relationship to God. And they knew that and they saw that without me even kind of standing up and saying, this is what I am. So, yeah, so that that really just solidify me and and from that point I I kind of grew this was about five six years ago this happened and 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 since then I mean my life has become so much more richer seriously it has because when you understand that he's in everything if you put him and if you choose to invite him in everything you 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 do you can join him in whatever work he's doing you know in those people that are around you and in your circles. I remember uh, you started seeing um, uh, ministry opportunities, you know, whereas I think before, and it, like anybody else, we can focus on 
the stresses in our job, the things we don't like, the reasons to leave, and, and that kind of builds up inside of us. And But this Absolutely. sort of, a switch was thrown for you, and I remember you talking about the opportunity to minister to kids. I remember you started praying for your students, and, and so talk about how your work and your attitude toward work changed. Yeah, so number one, I stopped kind of grumbling about work. I, I, I saw it instead of this kind of yoke of of mediocrity or whatever, it became um, something just really unique to see God work. And, and how I could, again, how I could join him in whatever he was ready to do in the lives of those kids and my coworkers. And and I have noticed, and I noticed that once that, like you talked about that switch, because it literally was that way, number one, I, I became more joyful in my job. And then I became less, um, again, concerned about Especially in the school I was in before, in the school system I was in before, it was really difficult. The majority Title I school, um, there were daily struggles that the kids were facing on a daily basis, and it was hard. It was hard for me as a person with a loving heart to kind of see these kids go through things. But then it, then it goes back to, you know, well, yeah, they're in these situations, but what did God do about it? He sent them you. He sent them people, you know, to, to be lights for them. And so that was, became a very, a, a privilege for me. And, and I didn't, I did, it did give me more boldness in some situations to speak up and to say, you know, you know, I know that you're having a tough day, but I want you to know that God is seeing you in the midst of all you're going through. And so, yeah, there were some moments when I kind of felt the unction of the Holy Spirit to go beyond just what technically was, you know, allowed to say um, on a one-to-one -one basis. And then there were moments where, you know, I was like, you guys are super stressing about your finals. Let's pray about it. Everybody bite your head if you can. <laughs> I mean, I'm not ashamed to say I'm not worried. I knew that that's what those kids needed at the time. And so again, just looking at that as, okay, no, yes, I'm a teacher. Yes, I'm gifted to teach. But at the same time, God is, God is willing to use me um, to be a ministering light for him. That was very powerful. Mm -hmm. And it also, again, changed the way I thought about my community. I thought, how can I connect with my neighbors better? Because you can go through months and not, you know, and passing by people, just passing by and never connecting. And so, and, and just in so many ways, I just, I began to understand that, um, again, whereas it just became, for one, it was a limited access kind of thing for me, my world kind of expanded. Mm -hmm. It became more of a 360 approach to understanding that, yeah, I'm not in a pulpit every day. I'm not on, you know, a service service in a service mission or in the mission field every day. But I am a missionary every day. Right. I think a lot of people are there. They're maybe feeling like they're not doing enough for God. Or sometimes the church, I think, is not just our church, but churches are kind of uh, don't mean to communicate it, but they communicate, okay, these are the things you do for God. Mm -hmm. and, and we kind of neglect the 40-plus hours that people spend somewhere else we spend the majority of our time at work right or sleeping you know and um Absolutely. and then to connect that with god's mission so you you first offered yourself to be used by god where you were and that brought you out into some uncomfortable areas that pushed you to to grow and to trust him more and, and be used and to speak and to do different things that you might not have been comfortable with before or even seen opportunities for and now now look at he's he's taking that skill you have in teaching and open up a door you know put that thought in your mind you know who am I not to think that, that that I should do that or that might not lead you know my faith might not lead me there 
and now I'm just amazed because, I mean, you saw your skill and your job in, in teaching as a way God can use you, and now he's taking that very thing. I know. That, that blows my mind. And it is so funny. I like how you put that because it was interesting because I've always felt a calling to foreign missions, right? I, that was just like, that was my, that was my high point or whatever, and, or my goal. And, but it was funny how God first just backed me into that whole thing. Like when I first got to our church, you, you know, DBC is one of just, just the most mission-minded places. There were missions all over the place. And I was like, ooh, I could do that, I could do that. I was like, I'm in a candy store. But I never felt the release. I mean, I've been a member here six years, and I and for the first three years, a guy was like, you know, I would be like, can I go this? Can I go out? No. Can I go do this? No. And I'm like, well, what's up? But but it was like I had to get that point first. That, you know, everywhere I am is a mission field. Everywhere I'm walking as a believer in Christ is a is a is a mission place. It's a place for there's there's a work for me to do. And so I love when people come up to me now that I'm getting ready to go. And they're like, wow, you know, um, God's using you to do that. And that's so amazing. I envy you. I'm like, no, don't envy me. You've got a job to do here, you know, whether it's in your local community or on your on your job or even in your circle of friends and family. You know, it's it's a right mission field. There's there's so much to do. And so don't don't begrudge yourself because you're not going across the waters, you know, pray for the person that is. And but at the same time, ask God to show you and reveal how he's how he wants to use you where you are right now. And um, I think that's that's essential. And so, of course, like you said, it kind of started out with, OK, Tomla, understanding that everywhere you go is a mission field. And then from there, I was allowed to kind of after several years of getting that and working locally and trying to grapple with ways to connect with my neighbors and with my friends and family and, and with my students, then it kind of opened up to me being able to, in the last couple of years, do short-term missions. And now I'm getting ready to go do a year-long one. And I can't say how cool that is. I mean, but I love it that, you know, again, when we're Holy Spirit-led, God is, you know, he's so smart. He, he puts you on the right path that's going to get you where he wants you to be so you can be of the most use. Well, and, and a lot of times uh, people don't know the backstory. They just see somebody up on stage that we're talking about or they hear a story or they, they don't know all that's gone on in your mind, your heart, all the, the small decisions that have led up to this big one, right? They see the big decision. Oh, wow, I could never do that or I'm glad she's doing that. But, you know, we can trace it probably even further back than, than that, that class and that sort of light bulb moment. But there's a lot of little decisions and acts of obedience along the way. Mm-hmm. And this is not just, a, and I like how you how you are about it. You're very humble about this. It's not like this makes you a super Christian or a super mm-hmm. person. It's not, it's not more noble necessarily to go to a closed country. And I so, understand that now. Yeah. I don't know that I always got that, but I get that now. I, I mean, again, and people keep telling me and they're high-fiving me and they're, we're so <laughs> proud of you and <laughs> glad it's you, not me kind of stuff. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I see this as a privilege. This is God saying, you, you're, you've grown, so I can, I can trust you to do this big thing for me. And so that's how I look at it. And I, I take it humbly because I think it's a huge responsibility. Again, I'm taking a lot of people with me, not physically, but you know, as I go, they're watching this journey that I'm on and they are they are being shaped through it like I am. And so mm-hmm. again, I take it, I, I am so humbled. I just feel like it's an honor. God, 
you know, a, a year ago, I did not know that this was going to take shape the way it is. And, and um, you know, just, just this week, I was getting some emails from my school and taking all these different kind of cultural mapping exams and, you know, just to, so that they can have an idea of how to support me when I get there. And, and all I am is just like, you know, wow, I can't believe that this is this is happening and this is happening and God is using me to do this thing for him. It's it's really an honor. And uh, I know all of our our workers around the world when you know we talk about this subject of being put up on a pedestal, they all say it was just an act of obedience. It was just mm -hmm. following the Lord's will. And so I think if people ask those two questions that you've introduced, you know, how can I be used where I am and who am I to think that that's not my calling also to go to a difficult place? We uh, we kind of limit ourselves and we, 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 we rule things out. We do. And unless God puts a burning bush in front of us or, or something dramatic, most of us assume that'll never, never be. And sometimes it's small things. Talk to me a little bit. You mentioned teachers at your school. What's been the response of your colleagues? So that's interesting too. Because, because again, um, I don't, I, I can't even say what's more of the journey, like where I'm getting ready to go, or this process that has been leading up to going. Because I have seen so many, I've seen so many com some conversations happen because of because of what I'm doing. Like, again, I was at a really good school, <laughs> um, and I was doing well at that school. I was well received and and appreciated by my students and the parents and teachers alike. And so a lot of people question, like, why would you walk away from that to go do this big thing that's going to require you to, you know, make big changes and, 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 and you know, really be stretched and, you know, why do that? And so it's, all, it's, it's, it's been mixed. There are some people who say, you know, um, again, the, you know, um, Gladys, you, not me kind of thing. And then there are people that are, are really watching and just excited to see about it and encouraged by the journey. They're like, this is something that it, I've thought or, or wrestled with or, or thought I might do, but couldn't see myself doing it. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm influenced by you taking these, this leap of faith is what I call it. So, so yeah, it's been interesting. Um, you know, again, it was, uh, as this would typically be my preparation week, um, I'm kind of in a different preparation mode of preparation because I don't leave, you know, quite, you know, for another couple weeks. So, yeah, so it's definitely a, a interesting time for me of just like, wow, you know, looking at, at how God is using this opportunity and this experience, even prepping to go to connect with people and talk with them about my decision and what's my why. A very much along the lines of the conversations that I hope to have because, of course, um, you know, in a closed country, you're not allowed to to go hand out tracks or whatever, but people can watch your life. They can watch how you negotiate your life and what you do and, and, and the way you handle it. And it can open the door for questions. And that's the goal is that someone will some, you know, someone at some point in this journey is going to say, you know, why are you here? And I, and I can say, you know, Jesus sent me to be Jesus who is away sent me to be with you in this season of my life. And that's why I'm here. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And how's your Arabic? It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was just telling someone, I, 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 I thought I had three phrases, but I'm down to two apparently because I forgot <laughs> you one. You digress a little bit. <laughs> digress. <laughs> but I'm not worried about it. You know, again, I'm a language teacher. And I know yeah. how it works. And I, that's um, a tough language. It is a tough language, but I'm good at languages. Again, when I say that, you know, there are some things that 
are, are hardwired, you know, into me that God is that is gifted from God that makes this journey easier is that I'm good at learning languages. You know, I've got, you know, two firmly under my belt and three or four not so firm, but you know, and I get to add one more. And when I'm immersed in the culture, I fly. I mean, I'm, so that would be, so yes, the That's school is gonna provide classes for me weekly. Um, several times a week I'll be taking Arabic classes. And so I just, I'm looking forward to that part too. Well, you're gonna come back different a year from now. I'm you sure. already are different in, in, yeah. from, from January when we went to the conference, but you're gonna come back not just probably speaking Arabic and, and uh, that's gonna lead to opportunities here in Atlanta, but, um, how do you think this might change you? What do you think going into it? That's a good question because I just, I don't know. I think, because like you said already, so many things have happened. Like my, I've had so many shifts in in perspective and, and even in, you know, understanding like who Tamala is, you know. Like I kind of put her in a box and didn't even realize that again. Because again, when I thought about doing this sabbatical year, I thought I'd be in in Latin America somewhere. So, and then here I am, God is like, I love that someone said, so God got in the way. I was like, yes, he definitely got in the way. He had his own kind of plan and I had mine. So I'm, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I just, I look forward to it. I just think it's going to um, take me even further than I could have imagined for myself. Yeah. I love what your coach, uh, we connected you with somebody in, in the country who's kind of been coaching you a little bit. And he said, I just want you to be Tomla because all the all the warnings and all the protocol, all the prep can make you very kind of afraid to, to make a mistake, a cultural mistake. So how have you dealt with that? How have you dealt with the, you know, do I do this or don't? I know, so that that is different because um, I think when you talk about my fears, I think that is the fear is that how is um, how am I going to operate in a culture that is you know again distinctly kind of different from my personality? I'm a very outgoing, warm person, and I, I you know connect with people in different you know ways. And so how how do I make sure that that's appropriate for the people that? And so um, I think the biggest change probably has been in just my my wardrobe. Not that it was bad before, but again, for where I want to be, I wanted to make sure that it was. Um, definitely modest and appropriate because my goal is to draw you know um, the 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 women and children of this culture and and to bring them into my circle of of influence and, and me into theirs and so in doing that you know like Paul said I am I am modifying you know those things so that again I want women to feel comfortable being around me and inviting me into their homes or however you know God chooses to connect us and so that's the biggest change but yeah the culturalisms Again, when you go into a, um, a closed nation, it's it's going to be different. There's going to be some adjustments, and um, but again, I just I am grateful for my coach who just again said, you know, just as much as you're going to be impacted by them and blessed by them, because I know I will. With people where I'm going, I will bring a lot of me into the mix that will hopefully um, highlight who God is in my life and in my heart. Any advice you give to somebody who? Um Maybe after hearing this, they start asking the question, you know, who am I to think that God might not use me? Any advice you've already learned? Any things, lessons you've already learned along the way that you would pass along to somebody else? Um, I, I guess my biggest thing is to to get get counsel and tell people what you're feeling. Um, I was so grateful to have you and, and a few other friends. I was quiet about it at first. I didn't know, um, you know, 
who would who would kind of go off on a tangent and not be okay because again like i told you some family and friends are struggling so but i i'm grateful that i had you know those connections with people that i could i could sh talk, start talking with and knowing that not they were going to take it and start praying with me on that and they and that's what has been happening um um you know my roommates have known and and some of my friends and they have just you know, again, they've gone the gamut with me as far as just, you know, well, where do you want to go and why do you want to go and are you, how are you feeling? And so just having that and then, of course, um, drawing closer to God and just in your personal time in worship and just start talking to him about what you're feeling, too. And because, you know, nine times out of ten, he put it there. And so he wants to, you know, just like he did with me, you know, just bring you bringing you around to that place of total peace. And that's where I am right now. Uh, you know, in the beginning, I was kind of, you know, oh, what's happening? Why is this happening? <laughs> where am I going? Why am I going? And, mm -hmm. But now I have such peace and, and, and solidarity in my calling and where I'm going and what I'm going for. And, uh, and it just makes me uh, so grateful for this journey. Well, you mentioned uh, sharing it with others. And one of the steps you've taken, which our, our church is trying to be more intentional about is, is not just sending people out and praying for them and wishing them the best, but uh, putting a group of people around them to intentionally, they, they commit. And so you've got a, a support team around you that's going to pray and stay in touch and and uh, that, that's going to mean a lot, I think, you know. Oh, absolutely. I have felt their support, you know, since the team formed. I mean, really, a, few, a couple months ago, I think, you know, I was I was told to see who in my circle would, you know, be able to stand with me. And, you know, and it's not a big group, you know, and I think we talked about, you know, how it's, it's not the, you know, the, the hundred, you know, it's the, the 10 who are willing to just really be steadfast in their prayers for you mm -hmm. and in their time to connect with you. And I have already felt that from this group. I mean, they're all signing up for Skype and they're getting their WhatsApps going. And I mean, they are they are they are determined to um, make sure that I know that they're with me, um, even if even though they're not boots on the ground, they are they are around me. I feel that, and um, so that's something that I'm just really impressed. And even uh, my school, they asked about that. That was one of their first questions, like, "Who do you have supporting you?" and how does your church feel about you and doing this? And because it's just essential that you have that in place. And and when I reported that, you know, yes, I have that in place and that my church has already been doing things to prepare me to send out and I've been workshopping and all kinds of things. They were super impressed and super delighted for me. Uh, there's a role for us who stay back and, um, but we should always be open to, you know, where the Lord might, might send us. So any other thoughts or? No, just again, just bring it home that just we just keep in mind everywhere we set our foot from the moment we wake up is a mission field. And that, uh, again, that lesson for me is what has got me to this place, I believe. You know, I found several helpful takeaways in that conversation with Tamla. But her two main questions stand out to me. First, how can I be used where I am? And second, her big question, what makes you think God would not call you to a hard place to serve him? If you found this conversation helpful, would you share it with someone you know? Post it on your Facebook page or send the link jeffreams.com 12 to a friend who might be praying about how God can use them, whether here or in another country. Get together and discuss what you learned from Tamala. 
You can also find a summary of this conversation on my website at jeffreams.com. Thank you for listening. Check back in two weeks as we post another conversation with someone putting their faith into action and living life on mission. Oh,